This morning, I heard the news that Theresa May had called an election for June 8th. Make no mistake, this election has been called for the same cynical reasons the EU referendum was called. This has nothing to do with what is best for the British people and everything to do with the Tory party. It is cravenly cynical and if as the polls suggest the Tories win this election, it will be the end of Britain as we know it. I know you may not recognise Britain if the Tories win, but I will. You see, I am old enough to remember when the 1% ruled Britain over 80 years ago for their profit alone, and it was a miserable, hungry and hopeless era. It is why you must register to vote and commit yourself to voting for progressive politics. I know you've had your problems with Jeremy Corbyn. Truth be told, on occasions, so have I. But his ideas on social justice, fair wages and proper taxation of multi-billion corporations is sound. You have to remember, Britain is a parliamentary democracy. So Labour is so much more than its leader. I ask you to do the right thing and vote Labour. Because voting Tory when you're not part of the top 20% is sort of like buying a lottery ticket and hoping you can win so as to pay off your mortgage. How many times does that happen? Tory politics is the ultimate political swindle for anyone but the rich. What I'm about to tell you about my history is so relevant to this coming election because the Tories will make my past your future. Welcome to the third episode of Harry's Last Stand, a conversation between you and me in the pub of a railway station as we wait for a delayed train to arrive and take us home. I have no fondness for the past. Sure, I miss those who have died. But the good old days were quite brutal to ordinary folk. Take healthcare, for example. There was none if you were working class and couldn't afford the doctor's fee. My eldest sister contracted TB. From the foul living conditions, we were forced to live in. Because of my parents' working-class poverty, our living quarters were cold, cramped and unsanitary. So my sister Marion suffered greatly from TB without proper nutrients, a doctor's care and hygienic living conditions. She wasted away before my family's eyes. As the TB spread to her spine, she became an invalid that my mother pushed around in a landau, provided by a miners' union. But seeing that it was TB, my sister and my family were treated like lepers, by neighbours who feared that their bad luck could get worse, by contact with us and the communicable disease 
my sister possessed. TB eventually stole her voice, and because she fought the disease, and her approaching death by violently thrashing in the landau that had become her bed, my mum and dad were forced to tie her into it with ropes so that she could not harm herself. These are my earliest memories of family life, poverty, illness, sadness, and death. I remember her only as a shadow that was cast in the sputtering gaslight that illuminated our dark parlour with a weak yellow radiance. My childhood, like so many others from that time, was a perpetual twilight in that room that squat animal penned for humans. I played games near my dying sister. Sometimes I listened to my dad play seaside songs on a piano. The piano was a legacy from my granddad, who was also a minor but believed in the pleasure of music, poetry and long walks on the moors. Imagine my dad, who worked ten hours a day in the pits, and when he came home knackered, would sit at the piano and play jolly tunes, hoping it would make his daughter's last days on earth less painful. Now that takes bloody guts. Death came hard to my sister Marion. It was just horrific, and in her final weeks, my mom could no longer take care of her at home. So my sister was bundled up into a, an open horse-drawn cart and taken to the workhouse, where there was an infirmary for indigent patients. I still remember the day my sister left our house, like rubbish being hauled away to the workhouse. It was there my sister spent her last few weeks of life, in a dank, windowless room. She left this world at the age of ten, having never known real pleasure. It is sadly ironic that the year my sister died, Winnie the Pooh was published with the delight of middle-class children, while we working-class children lived in a Grimm's fairy tale of utter desperation. You see, the last months of Marion's life coincided with the 1926 general strike. It ensured that all of working-class Barnsley was starving. As my sister lay dying, my family lived off the charity of Union Soup Kitchens. The British establishment allowed its workers to starve rather than ask the rich to make fair concessions to their workers. It's a lesson you must remember 
Tories don't give a toss if you are a worker. It's why I write and speak so much. It is my hope that the terrible suffering that ordinary people of my generation endured won't be forgotten or be in vain. If you ignore these warnings, more bairns will die like Marion in your future. But what happened to her mortal remains after her death still upsets me and enrages me. You see, when Marion died in the workhouse, we were poor and could not afford the cost of a funeral. So she was dispatched to a pauper's pit where she was dumped into a dug trench that consumed the dead of that day who were too poor to pay the ferryman to get to the other side. And it is happening again today. The cost of funerals are becoming out of reach for ordinary folk. Pauper's funerals have increased during this age of austerity. Healthcare before the foundation of the NHS didn't exist for the majority. You only survived illness if you were lucky enough to have the wealth to pay for your recovery. We are heading back to those days, like a horse galloping through the darkness of night. It's why we should applaud Prince Harry for speaking out for mental illness treatment. But we should also remember that because of austerity, most young people will not get timely treatment for their mental health concerns. The NHS in England is in total collapse. Not because of doctors, not because of nurses, not because of support staff, but because the Tories want to see the back end of public health. They want to fool us into thinking that privatization of services from cleaning to cancer treatments isn't destroying access to the best health care all of us deserve, regardless of our income. I think it is now your round, but make mine a shandy. But as you leave, that there are local elections just around the corner. These elections will determine how your communities survive in a time of austerity. So please vote. Ta-ra.